how to get the love back when you feel it's gone. Her question is again, how to get the love back when you feel it's gone. How do you get the love back when you feel it's gone? Yeah. Well, that's a I'm not gonna say that's a a, a tricky question. Mm. But it's a it's a question that's gonna take um work from both parties. Absolutely. Because, you know, both parties have to be interested and willing, yeah. And willing to get the love back. Right. And, you know, situations happen where, you know, the love might um might dwindle. You know, they might have, you know, experienced something, went through something that's gonna cause them to uh, you know, pretty much fall apart slightly. Yeah. Right. And so in situations like that, it takes one thing that um which is really hard for a lot of men, it takes communication. Yeah. You know, really voicing how you feel, you know, not holding back, um, but just voicing how you feel and, you know, expressing, you know, what what needs to be done, you know, from your opinion and, you know, as the other party expressing what do they feel needs to be done. And then you two, you come to a, a mutual agreement uh, you know, you put everything that was said on the table, and, you know, you both just come to a mutual agreement and try to find out, you know, okay, well, if this is affecting you, then I'll do this to help change, you know, and help, you know, benefit your your part. And it has to be vice versa. You know, it can't be one party just helping, you know, trying to do, um, you know, something to help the love to get back, and then the other party, you know, isn't. So it's going to take work from both parties. Right. And I just want to, like, piggyback off of what my um, my husband is stating, that I know sometimes in um, marriage you can have so much going on in your own individual life, even living inside of um, under one roof. You can just have so much going on that you forget to date each other. I think that it's very imperative for all married couples to have a date night. Right. Whatever night is free for the both of you guys, I mean, turn off your phones if you have to. Do whatever it takes just to give that attention to one another. Right. And then I think it's, it's imperative, you know, you know, we're uh, living in a world of technology. Go online and um, look, up how, look up love languages and learn each other. Love language, right, because right. what works for you might not work for your spouse. My spouse may love to have an interaction that touchy, that silly, you know, I just hold my spouse, and that he may love that. He may feel the love from that. But you, on the other hand, you might like gifts, and that's your way that, you know, you see that that's how your spouse is showing you love, through right. some gifts. Right. So it's imperative to learn each other love language. How do you love your spouse? If you don't know, then I would definitely recommend going online. And I, it's like a little, I don't want to say a test, but you go in there and you just find out how you love, how each other wants to be loved. So that's the start there. You do the date night. Find the night where you put everything aside and you date one another. And also what my husband was dating, communication is key. Do not think that because you've been together for years and years and years that your spouse can read your mind. Right, right. That's just not fair. That's right. not fair to the other person. It's not fair to have a nonverbal communication and you never open up your mouth to speak. And even if you're a person that don't like to verbalize things, be okay with you verbalizing and your spouse giving you a letter. 
or your spouse gives send you a text or an email. Be okay with that type of communication because written communication may work for that spouse and verbal communication may work for you, but nonverbal communication throughout an entire marriage is deadly. It's deadly. We, I don't want to read your mind all day, every day. It's like me asking you, what do you want to eat? And you, in your mind, you're telling me, but you've never opened your mouth. Right. That's not fair for me to just want to get, have to guess every time. Right. So, um, what's the uh, the next question? Okay, so the next question, I just want to say, we're just going to give you guys some brief answers because we don't have that much time. So, we're just going to give brief answers. So, um, okay, this question was asked by... Pastor Stephanie, she asked, is it okay to have non-married friends? Is it okay to have non-married friends? Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I honestly don't see a problem with it, with having non-married friends. I would say um, the problem would come in is if you're going to your non-married friends seeking advice in your marriage. Absolutely. That's what I would say the problem comes in at. Um, but having non-married friends, I wouldn't say is a problem. Um, here's the thing. If you have non-married friends, as long as your non-married friends understand your relationship or understand your marriage, you know, listen, I can't hang out with you guys until 12 midnight anymore. Right. Because I have a husband or a wife to go home to. So, you know, I can't do, you know, some of the stuff that we used to do you know, anymore, or even if, if these are new friends, you know, these are things that have to be put out in front, you know, of a friendship, especially if they're single. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm married, you know, my husband, you know, or my wife likes for me to come in the house at a, you know, a decent time so that, um, you know, they know that I'm okay and stuff like that. So, you know, there has to be boundaries. I would say it like that. There has to be boundaries, Absolutely. you know, and having, um, I want to say this. Does it have to be boundaries just with single friends? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, So along the lines of boundaries, can you give me like an example of what you mean by that in terms of I think there should be boundaries across the board. I mean, because as I stated earlier, um, some like let's say for instance you went out with, you know, someone Mm -hmm. and they were married. But in their marriage, they can they can care less what time their wife comes in the house. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, um, not so much that I have a problem with it, but you know I like to make sure that you're okay. So I really don't like you know for you to come in the house at a really late hour. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, you know I would like for you to be in the house at a nice hour so that you know I know that my wife is okay. But in right. some marriages, you know. You might be out with someone, and they'd be like, oh, my husband don't care what time I come in. I'm coming at 5 in the morning. Like, he doesn't care. So I'm just saying, like, should there be boundaries even with married, you know, friends and single friends? Well, absolutely. I, I think there, there definitely should be boundaries. Um, and just going based off of the examples that you just gave, um, there should definitely be boundaries on each end. And I think that it's imperative that, you know, if we're going out 
as married couples, right. then, you know, I think it's okay as opposed to I have a sister that's married and we go out together. Right. We need to know what each other's spouse prefers. Right. Um, if you, if you, I don't want to say curfew because that sounds kind of like you you may wait a second. <laughs> you know, I think that you know your friend or your sister, whoever you know you're hanging with, should know that. Well, you know, my husband or my my wife does not like for me to come in the house, or my husband does not like for me to go to this certain place. Like, I think that there should be definitely an open communication um, in those right. boundaries. So, yes, and. To even get back to the question that um, Pastor Stephanie asked, I hope you don't mind me throwing her title out there, um, is it okay to have non-married friends? I would have to say um, that I think it's situational and it's a personal thing, and also it's in terms of your marriage. How do your spouse feel? I think you should know you and your limitations and your boundaries, and if you feel like you can't control yourself every time you go out with a friend, a single friend, and you feel like you're going to do something crazy, then you should know yourself not to go that far with that single friend. Um, I think the single friend should even know the boundaries and the stipulations of the home. You know, if you feel as though um, just speaking with the spouse, you should know what hour is okay for your single friend um, to call or what hour is not okay for your single friend to not call. Right. So uh, we're going to take a really, really quick break, and we will be right Right. back. Father, consume me. You can use me, breathe life into me, here on this altar. Father, consume me, you can use me, breathe life into me, here on this altar. So Father, consume me, you can use me. To me here on this song, and Father comes to me. Oh, use me and breathe life into me. Hey, here on this Father, you can do. Welcome back, Pastor Mike here, and my lovely co-host, my beautiful, sexy, lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Lady Jig, your church mother. Um, so we're still taking um, talk talking about the um, keeping your marriage vows, and we're doing um, the questions that was asked on Facebook, mm-hmm. our Facebook Live. Um, listen, y'all can call in and you know ask your questions. Um, the comments, 
I believe our sister Joy asked this question. She stated, what advice do you give to a couple that's planning to marry that doesn't have the support of their family? Wow. That's a, a good question. Very good question. A really, really good question. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. You want to go first? I, yeah, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, now I just want to put this out there. I'm going to base this based off of what I went through with my own person. I'm just going to give you a little brief synopsis of what I, you know, what I went through in my own personal life. Um, in terms of marrying my husband, I didn't really have the support of my family. They did not agree with my marriage, and it was because of a lot of religion changes that was happening at the time. So they did not agree. And I must admit, it was hard not to have the support of my family. However, when you two consult God and God has, you know, placed it on your heart to move forward, God does things in order, and everyone's not going to agree with the decision that you make. They're just not. Even family, they're not going to agree with the decision that you make. However, God does things in order. So if God tells you to do something at an appointed time, it's going to all fall into place. And I will say out there, people that are struggling, wanting their family to support them and they're not, give them the only time. Give them time, and it, it may take a year. You, it may take. It's going to make. So, with some people, it's going to take some time for them to accept the fact that you went ahead with a decision that they don't agree with, especially parents, because they, you know, as parents, they have your best interest at heart. So, if they feel as though you're making the wrong decision, then they're they're going to verbalize that to you, and it, it may, you know, cause some conflict. However, as I was saying before, if you know this is what God told you to do, just trust and believe that everything will fall into place. Now, please know that everyone will not agree with the decision that you make, but just know that things will fall into place when God's um, hand is over your marriage and your life. Um, that's pretty much all I have to really say on that. Like, initially, my, my parents wasn't too keen over my husband. But now they love him. They come over, they talk to him. Like, you know, the relationship has definitely built from zero because it was at zero, you guys. So it's definitely built. So give your family time and don't push them away and don't make them try to accept your um, your spouse because that's not going to help. That's just going to cause more conflict. Give them that time in their space. But don't, you know, be negative because they're being negative. Don't reciprocate those same emotions towards them because they don't agree. That's not okay, and that's not a mature thing to do. Right. And I would definitely agree with um, Lady J. It's going to take time, you know, for um, the parents to, you know, just accept the fact that, you know what, my daughter or my son, you know, have married someone that, you know, I didn't really approve of or, you know, I wasn't in for them to get married just yet. Um, but it's going to take time. And so with time, you know, they say time heals everything. Time really does. It heals everything. Time heals. Time heals everything. So when, um, you know, if you're finding yourself in a situation like that, the best thing to do is just give them their time, give them yeah, their space, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, let them see that, listen, you know, whether y'all like it or not, this is the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Absolutely. And, you know, majority of the time, you know, the parents will just, you know, accept the fact, you know what, I might not like what you did, but I'm, I'm going to accept it because I understand now that 
he's he or she is going to be, you know, in our family. Yeah. You know, he's going to be in your life, and so I have to, you know, accept it. And then, you know, let them, you know, build that rapport. Let them build that relationship. Absolutely. You know, but don't rush anything. Don't rush it. Don't rush anything. You know, don't try to make them, you know, listen, my mom and I'm having something. You know, let's go over to the house. No. Uh, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) And be okay with yourself not feeling okay. Right. To going over to your family members' house that don't really like them. Right. They don't really, you know, be okay with that. Give, give, and give yourself time right. to feel comfortable with coming around. But however, to the, to the spouse that you know has that opposing party against them, after a while, you you have to you know bend a little. You you can't always say no because how can you build a relationship if you're so if you're always standoffish? After a while, you have to find that comfortability um, to go and do certain things with them. Right. But that takes time as well. It takes time. And, you know, it's got to be a mutual uh, agreement. <laughs> right. Thing. All right. So we're going to give some, um, some tips. And um, Lady Jay is going to give us some tips for, um, you know, marriages, for, for people that are getting engaged, for people that are um, thinking about marriage, um, they're going to give us some tips. She's going to give us some tips, okay? All right, guys. So here are some tips that I actually um, wrote down. I want to let all of the men know. Men, um, when you actually get married, it's that about that time when you got to leave mommy and daddy and you take care of the concerns of your household. So um, around that time, it's it's imperative that you discuss with your wife her feelings about certain things. Because what happens if your mom say, well, son, I cook Sunday dinner, and, you know, this is what we've been doing. It's a long tradition in our family, and you got to come over and eat. But your wife gave you a good spread. you got to make that decision on um, what exactly you're going to do in terms of leaving the home and cleaving to your wife. Now, there's a lot to go with that, but that's just something that, you know, that is, you know, kind of literal that I throw out there. You got to kind of, I hate to say it this way, but you kind of, you have to choose. You have to choose between mommy and wife or mommy and daddy and wifey. And just to let you know, when you made those uh, vows and you went to that life, you gave your life to your wife. You gave your life and that's vice versa with the leading of God. Okay, and then I also wanted to state um, communication is key. I said it a little earlier that nonverbal communication will kill a marriage. It will. It's good to learn the moves and the expressions of your spouse. It's very key to learn them, but your relationship should not be built around nonverbal communication because if you're going through something in your mind and you want to express to me how you feel, I need to know whether it's written down through a text or a letter, or if you verbalize it to me. And I just want to let you guys know, be okay. Be comfortable with how your spouse communicates. Just have communication in your marriage. Just have it because you're ever-evolving. You're growing. You're growing day by day. Both of you guys are growing. So you need to constantly be on, be on have that communication there. And we said it a little while ago, a couple weeks ago, that know each other's goals. Have goals set 
for your marriage. Know where each other's headed. Have that vision with one another. So, you know, you got to communicate those goals to one another. And also, this is another thing. Don't go to bed angry, guys. Don't do it. It's just a dangerous thing to go to. Can you just imagine, and I just want to put that out here. Can you imagine having your spouse there next to you and you're angry at them and they don't wake up? God forbid. They don't wake up. And you never get a chance to say, I'm sorry. You never get a chance to even resolve anything. And sometimes um, you may not have a resolution for everything. You may not have a conflict resolution for everything. But it's okay to come to terms and just share one another's feelings and never try to impose how you feel on your spouse. They may not ever understand why you said what you said or how you feel the way you feel. But just have that open, that openness in your relationship where both of you can come to each other and express how you feel and sometimes never see eye to eye on it. That's how some of it goes. But if you can offer, if you can offer um, a solution to the problem, definitely get down to that problem. Um, don't go to bed angry. Definitely talk to one another. And what I want to say, try complimenting one another versus always putting out each other's thoughts. That's one thing that I definitely want to say. It's easy to point out someone else's flaws. But how about complimenting one, one another and helping push one another? If you see that you're on your spouse as a flaw that you just cannot stand, find the good in your spouse and compliment them instead of drilling in their head that this is what I don't like and you do this and you do that. Now, keep that open communication there, but don't have build your relationships based on downing one another, based on belittling one another, because that's not going to get you anywhere. Push one another. Compliment one another. Each day should be a day where you wake up and make the best of your marriage. Some very good tips. Thank you. Very good tips. There's more, but, you know, we don't have time. (laughs) What we could do, uh, let's do one more. One more? Let's do one more tip. One more tip. One more tip. Okay. Let's see. What do I have? Oh, you know what? I said it actually. I said one of the other tips a little earlier to go online and learn each other's love language. Right, right. You, you got to learn how each other feel, how each other accept love in the marriage. Because, in, you know, in your marriage, you might love gifts. And you may feel like, my spouse really loves me because they always have me on their mind. Every time they go out, they bring me back something lovely. They bring me back food, you know. <laughs> Whatever you like, you, you feel as though that's the love. And then on the opposing end, you're up, your spouse may feel as though, well, you know, when my wife touches me or sits next to me or holds me or my husband sits next to me and holds me, that's how I feel love. So you have to learn that. Learn each other so that you can know moving forward. And over time, I would recommend taking that test more than once in your marriage. Right. Because you may change over time. Right. You may change over time. So I would recommend taking definitely going online and learning each other's love language, but doing it uh, more than once in your marriage. Right. And I agree. Um, because I know one of the ways that a lot of people, um, my wife doesn't love, she don't like flowers. No, sorry. She's not a flower. I'm not a flower person. person. <laughs> sorry. So, um, so I have to find I had to find other ways of showing mm-hmm. her, you know, that I was thinking about you today. Right. You know, um, I love you and stuff like that. So, you know, there are times when she comes in the house and, you know, I just do little things for her. Yes. You know, to show her that, you know, I care about what she was dealing with today. 
I just want to, I'm sorry, I got to cut in. I, I have to because my husband is so awesome, y'all. If he even know, if he know I had a bad day, even if I didn't have a bad day, I can come in the house. He gives me a little massage. He lays my night clothes out for me. He'll take off my clothes for me and put my night clothes on. It's just so awesome, like the stuff that he do. It's just like he thinks about me in little ways that I just know that this is love right here. It's the little things that count, the fact that, you know, I could come in the house and he could just give me a massage or just talk to me, give me that attention, you know, just have my clothes out for me. It's just, it's awesome. He'll run, take and run my shower for me. Like little things like that, that, that matters to me. Not flowers, sorry. I'm, I'm not a flower. Right. <laughs> so, this is the part of the show where we have to say goodnight. Um, but I want to say this before we say goodnight. Um, I think we are going to have to do a part four. Yeah. Um, because there's something that I really that's very in, that interests me, um, interests me while I was um, looking over some stuff, and I want to talk about it um, next week. I want to talk about how marriage, um, the difference between in a marriage, a contract, and a covenant. Mm, that sounds really good. <laughs> a marriage, because a marriage is is a contract. According to the law, marriage is a contract, mm-hmm. but marriage is also a covenant. Mm, that sounds so really good. I want to get into that on next week. So I want to say thank you all for listening. Um, thank you all for your uh, questions on Facebook Live. Um, we love you all. Tune in next week, Tuesday at 8 p.m. It's going to be another great show. Um, follow us um, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, All the links are in the description. People of God, be blessed and have a wonderful night. Join in and share what's on your heart. Pass the mic with a 